0: everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the media Vote podcast today is september the first 2021 we are officially in the last handful of months of 2021 if you can believe it um, on the precipice of fall as we exit summer exciting times this episode i don't know something i don't have the numbers anymore um, but what I can tell you is if you don't know what the Media Boat podcast is, we are a podcast that talks about media, including movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order. My name is Matt, his name is Mike.
1: I'm Mike, he's Matt. This is episode 295 of the cool. media Boat podcast. Also, uh, I would like to say congratulations to all the new students entering Hogwarts today who left on the train. <laughs> On September 1st at noon from King's Cross Station. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs>
0: it's 2021, come on.
1: Yes, which means those kids from Harry Potter now have kids of their own going to Hogwarts. Sure. And you don't be late, because <laughs> that train leaves on time. Anyway. Unless a uh, house elf gets into your way. Then shenanigans begins.
0: It's a theme in this episode, so we have Harry Potter nerds, but other kind of nerds, including anime nerds and video game nerds, are going to be very happy with this episode, so let's keep going. And Jeopardy nerds, but we'll get there. Yeah, and Jeopardy nerds, too. Well, actually, yeah, actually, you know what? They will be happy. Uh, Let's start the show, as we always do, with movies, and we always start movies with the weekend box office numbers. Now, I'm only going to say it once, because if you say it three times, bad things happen. Your number one movie was Candyman. 22
1: million dollars uh this does make uh director naya jackson i believe um she is the first black woman to have a number one movie at the box office that sounds shocking doesn't it
0: yeah i was gonna say that's great and then you said ever like or you implied ever and i was like oh Okay, I thought you were gonna say horror movie, and I was like, okay,
1: sure. But, no wow. You okay. thought Eva DuVernay would do it, right? Guess not. Well, she almost did it with *A Wrinkle in Time*. Right. But fortunately, it. it came out this the month following *Black Panther*, which yes. dominated the box office, constantly being number mm-hmm. one. Thus, it was number two when it debuted.
0: But hey, I guess the good way of looking at it is, is there's a first time for everything, and hopefully, this allows. More black women to have the same um, have the same um, success, which is good. I mean, that's nothing but good. So I'm glad
1: that she was able to break that barrier. Uh, Naya Costa, that's the name. Thank you.
0: Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Gotta
1: get the name. Got to get the name right.
0: Got to get the name right, or else this whole story doesn't mean anything. All yeah. right. Anyways, <laughs> number two is Free Guy. Second weekend made 13.1 million dollars. That's sitting at 78.9. Number three, Paw Patrol: Colon the Movie. Another 6.6 6 million dollars, 24 million domestic so far. Number four, Jungle Cruise made another $5 million that reached the one hundred million mark.
1: Ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. It's success a little bit later.
0: Yeah. And number five, Don't Breathe Two with another $2.8 million. That's at 24. Moving into upcoming releases. Well, guess what? It's more like upcoming release because everything got out of the way of Marvel's. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yes, I got reprimanded by someone by pronouncing it Shang, so now I know, I learned. It's Shang. Shang-Chi, Right, Legend of the Ten Rings, comes out this Friday. Again, notice, unlike uh, unlike Black Widow, only in theaters this time. You cannot pay the 30 bucks to your Disney Plus to watch this.
1: You have to go to a theater. This also harkens back as to why... Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney because Black Widow is the only Marvel film to do or to have the <laughs> right uh, the to have done premiere access for Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, so uh, this will be the ultimate tell about whether people are ready, I think, for uh, to go to a, a actual real life theater right now to go see a Marvel movie, um, and it will prove Scarlett Johansson
1: was either right
0: or wrong depending on its success.
1: Um. I will probably end up seeing this, Mm. but due to um, some delays, which Mm -hmm. we may talk about at the end of the podcast here, we will talk about it in two weeks. I mean, if you're watching the YouTube video, there's a giant hint on your shirt,
0: uh, is what I'll say, but uh, (laughs) if you're listening to the audio version, I'll leave it to be a mystery to you. All right. So that's your one new release. Nothing else coming out until the following week. Everything else got out of the way. So let's take that and move on to some movie news. And yes, as you said, we're going to talk about some box office numbers because it is officially September 1st, which means essentially the end of the summer movie season. Sure, we have Labor Day weekend coming up, which is often a good week for movies. But the summer blockbusters kind of end here, more or less. So how was the summer? Well, let's look back at the winners and losers. First up. Well, well, let's compare it to last year's first before we go into that. Last year, of course, Tenet was your big winner $58.4 million with a
1: 364 million worldwide total. Yeah. um, That's considered your winner. Right. With 58 being your domestic total and 364 for your international total. Right. And when it happened, everyone was poo pooing like, oh, Tenet's a flop. Well, is it? Is
0: it though? Because now we have 2021 numbers to compare it to. And yes, you can argue that depending on where you live, a lot of the restrictions have not been lifted in the same way. Um, A lot of uh, people kind of started to go back and then maybe pulled back after the Delta variant spread. So it's a more complicated picture than just saying like, hey, but what about 2021? It's not that easy. So to put it into perspective, here's this year's big winners. The Quiet Place Part 2 opened with $57 million and then totaled 160 million domestic and 296 worldwide before F9, the Fast Saga, won the summer with the most successful opening weekend of $70 million and totaled 172 million domestic 704 million worldwide. That 704 million worldwide is important here because even in 2021, that thing hit. Almost a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, that was a worldwide sensation. Then again, yeah. F-NOT or the Fast Saga is a worldwide box office juggernaut. Mm-hmm. It makes most of its money for the past three films have come from that international box office market. Yes. Have more, than, more than half of its total. Almost yes. 66%. But, but the domestic number, though, ended
0: up getting beaten by Black Widow, with its eighty million dollar opening, and totaled one hundred eighty one million domestic, but only three hundred seventy one
1: worldwide. So interesting Black comparison. Widow won the domestic battle,
0: but, but F nine
1: won yeah. the international war
0: by twice, like all, but like by half of what the worldwide total of F nine was. Right. It goes and to show you how strong the Chinese market is.
1: Yep. Even when you total all of what Disney had for the summer, yeah. still doesn't come to that $700 million mark. No. Universal
0: kind of showed them the school, took them to school this year, which has not been the story of the last, God, decade at this point. Five years at least, Disney yeah. running, ruling the box office
1: summer? Yeah, if not
0: longer. Um, and then more recently, Disney's Jungle Cruise made a $35 million opening but only totaled 100 million dollars as we just mentioned uh, domestic so far and 187 million worldwide also free guy sony's entry into this
1: fight no disney's no. entry into this but oh, that's also disney you're right because that's a 20th century fox that that's right yes free guy
0: opened with 28 million and only totaled 81 domestic and 181 uh, worldwide the only other notable film here was suicide squad with 150 million, 55 million worldwide, as no other film besides the ones that we mentioned crossed the 100 million mark worldwide. So, is this another outlier? I'm gonna say yes. Yes. Is it less of an outlier than 2020? Certainly. But is it still different? Absolutely. These numbers prove that this is going to continue being the case until we achieve some sort of normalcy and using quotes at least domestically what we're seeing with F9 is that there is an exception for a like a huge film like F9 to make a dent worldwide still and it's not and not
1: really see much of a difference as we've talked about on this podcast for years now mm-hmm. a lot of studios look more towards the international box office than they do rely on the domestic box office now granted there are still Studios who heavily rely on American marketing for American dollars. But by and large, the big studios look globally to recuperate their cost for films. What this is telling me is that in the future, we may not see big TED pulled films, or at least more scaled back and honed in. You're not going to, I can't really say that because Disney already, or Century Fox already spent all the money for Avatar?
0: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. So, pulling that out of there here, because that's the one outlier that was already in production pre-pandemic. You're not going to see these $500 million budgets for -hmm. films. So, are you proposing
0: that COVID is going to force the industry to reconsider the
1: temple? COVID is already force them to reconsider the temple as That's they're true. no longer shooting on location but rather in the digital sound stages which we talked about last month pilot what studios do you... reconfigured their sound stages to have those led walls and yeah. smart smart designers so that way they don't have to travel <laughs> everything's done in a studio now Do you envision then us
0: going back to, or at least one of the studios kind of playing around with this idea of going back to the mid eighties Paramount strategy, you know, the pre-Disney Michael Eisner strategy of base hits, like just being like, all right, so we can't hit home run with every film anymore. We're going to save money by investing in these smaller pictures with smaller talent and then just release a lot of them, make a lot of them, And then maybe that's going to be just as successful.
1: I say that you see a lot of studios going back to their IP well, because it's well-known properties, stuff people can relate to. It hits the nostalgia factor and it will get people to the theaters. It's the safe play. It's the reason the emoji movie was made. It's a safe play. (laughs) And yes, I will always bring that up when talking about making a movie because (laughs) it's a known quantity. If your job's on the line, you're going to take something that's a known quantity rather than an unknown new original IP, which is a shame. It is. But I think the flip
0: side of this though is that if the race is no longer to the top of the box office, or at least if that's not as, as important as it used to be, Maybe that does allow studios to be a little bit more like willing to give smaller projects a
1: try. I think you're going to see a lot more studios that are owned by actors or business mm-hmm. managers pop up and create and help hone these smaller projects.
0: And we've already talked about that happening a handful over the last couple of years, um, kind of. Actors for either former or current actors making these kind of vanity studios for themselves and
1: like making their own rules. Uh, This does mean that film festivals will become more important than ever. Yes, as that's where studios buy films in order to distribute them. So it's a good time to be an independent filmmaker. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see. On that note.
0: Let's keep diving into the industry here and talk about the other side of this conversation, which is, what about the movies that haven't come out yet? Well, the they're getting pushed. Mm. The, release date, the latest release date shuffled, as I've heard, marking the first domino to fall in late 2021. According to research pr- conducted by NRG, 67% of moviegoers say that they are, quote, very or somewhat comfortable visiting their local theater. Which is down 11 points from July. Films that are 11 points. Yeah, exactly. Films that are moving right now are Ghostbusters Afterlife, which has moved back a week from November 11th back to November 19th. Top Gun Maverick moved off its November 19th date all the way to May 27th, 22. Mission Impossible 7 moves further back from May 27th 22 to September 30th 22 and Jackass Forever because no one is safe, safe safe here moves from October 22nd all the way to February 4th 22. So, if you're planning on seeing those movies and you're really excited for those things to come out this year, well,
1: wait a little longer. Do note that that Top Gun Maverick film is now 2 years post in the can. Yeah. When it when it will finally be released. Um Ghostbusters, I believe is will be a year. And then Mission Impossible Seven is still currently filming. Yeah. And then Jackass moved, but that's only what, four months? Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, probably, probably just one. to see what
0: happens over the holiday break and then like figure re reconsider afterwards. Yep.
1: So. Uh, that does put it before the Super Bowl, so don't be surprised they move it. If that's why they did it, yeah. Because no, you're not know, going to movie theater during the Super Bowl. Okay. All right.
0: Well, on that note, that's it for movie news. So let's talk about a couple movies that we watched. Two very,
1: very different movies. <laughs> so we each watched a film. Yes. Um, I'm going to throw quotes around mine, calling it a film. Okay. Wow. All right. Tell me how you really feel. Okay. So, do you remember the film She's
0: All that. Oh, yeah. Amanda Bynes. um, It's based loosely on Shakespeare. Yes. I
1: don't think that's the right one. It's a joke, anyways. Yeah, yeah. anyways, because I think that was based <laughs> off *Midsummer Nights*, but it's a, yeah, it's a different movie. Yeah. I know. Sorry, she's all that. Yes, yeah, she's all that. Film from I think the '90s, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Where they take the popular or they take an unsung girl and make her popular, right? Well, here comes the what? What generation are we in? Uh, Twenty uh, well, version, sir. Yes, of that remixed for a guy of year for that. you
0: nineteen ninety nine yeah I also have it was a Rachel Lee Cook <laughs> <laughs> not Amanda Vines I am thinking of a
1: different movie you are thinking of a different movie <laughs> although it might also be she's all that no well I, I don't know <gasps> what movie you're thinking of. Yeah I <laughs> anyway it doesn't matter let's talk about this movie. So he's all that. Yes. Is the most Zoomer influencer <laughs> film I've seen to the point where it borders on trashy film.
0: Even more so than that thing you watched about influencers?
1: Yes, even more so about that. <laughs> so this is on Netflix. It was like the number one trending thing on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I had a free weekend. And sure. I was like, sure. I need something to watch while I'm folding laundry. Let me put this on. It's a movie. It's on Netflix. How bad could it be? Pretty bad. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, It is a 40-year-old version of what high school is currently. Oh, boy. Where everyone is an influencer. The guy in high school is a... I'm going to throw like the guy in high school. Looks like he's 35. Sure, as tradition goes. As tradition goes. Looks like he's in Greece. <laughs> and is a pop star in the making? Because okay. it opens with him doing a music video. And the girl who's a makeup influencer <laughs> discovers that he... Cheating, although we don't actually see cheating. He's just in his trailer with another girl. But there's a croak and bush in there. So that's how oh, affluent, like mm-hmm. rah rah Hollywood flu- fluent they are. <laughs> and so she decides to, on a dare, take Unknown Guy and make him prom king. Because that's just what you do in high school. You become the influencer you want to be and (laughs) use your makeup skills in order to win back the makeup company that you are sponsored by because you lost all your viewers you lost all your popularity so now you've got to get it all back
0: yeah not just do something else or try something else with your
1: video series
0: or like, I don't know, or maybe try to court different companies. No, that was the only company that could ever give you revenue and you need to follow them or nothing else ha- can happen to you.
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happens every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just bad. Sounds like it. It's, like. At, i just wanted to turn it off but then i couldn't <laughs> look away from the train wreck that was happening in front sure of me. it's the most posh thing ever <laughs> they ride horses <laughs> there's a there's a dance fighting battle in the middle of prom all choreographed and i don't know what the time they had to where they had the time to learn all the choreograph for this, because <laughs> their life seemed pretty busy, but like they stop prom to have this like dance battle with everybody, <laughs> all choreographed and everything. Um there's a scene where the the uh the guy they're trying to make all that <laughs> like they take him they take the girl the makeup girl to the union station la union station train station and she goes wow i've never been here before (laughs) what is all this look at all these people and they just use the trains like in public (laughs) with everybody just like total mind blown it's some of the worst acting I've seen in a long time. It's cringy. Also, mm-hmm. drinking game. Take a shot every time they, Im- they say the word influencer or say how many viewers they have. Oh no. Or subscribers they have. Because yeah. it's constant. <laughs> also, the guy uses a 50 millimeter lens on literally everything, even though the photos that they show... <laughs> Aren't 50 millimeter photos. I was like, oh, like you're taking a a super far away picture using a 50 millimeter lens. Yeah. That's supposed to be for up close. You don't do that. (laughs) It's like I say it's cringy. It's weird. For some reason, it's the number one movie on Netflix i highly recommend you don't watch this thing unless (laughs) you really want to either cringe at what high school is Mm -hmm. or you really want to like have a bad movie night (laughs) this is like a fun bad movie night
0: okay so it's potentially enjoyable say maybe with with some friends and maybe some drinks yes um or you know or your your weapon of choice um and yeah, so maybe less so than uh, actually, like, is this going to be good?
1: Yeah, uh, I made a drinking game out of it, which made me play... Well, I'll get to that in video games of what I played. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yeah, uh, but yeah that sounds say, say bad. Say, I had a lot of drinks leading <laughs> up to through this movie just based off that drinking game I described. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess so, uh, like, don't watch little, He's All That. Like, Gen Z cringy worthy.
0: <laughs> so that's a pass Hard pass, but I watched it anyways Fair enough But you watched something Oh boy, did I watch something I didn't watch something, I watched a lot of something And I need to give some context Because I have not talked about this on this podcast yet Because up until this year It was not something new um, That there was nothing new to talk about Um, so last year, I kind of mentioned obliquely on the podcast that I kind of fell into an anime hole during the lockdown summer. I ended up watching some anime and figuring out like, okay, maybe some of this is all right. Well, one thing that had happened uh, last year was that a um, seminal um, anime series that I'm sure a lot of our audience is probably familiar with, uh, was released on Netflix for the first time, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So, real quick, if you don't know what Evangelion is, it's mecha anime, so giant robots, except there's a little bit of a catch. Yes, there's a ro- giant robots destroying things and other giant robots. There is that, that is, does exist here but that's not all it is it's like also very introspective and psychological and is very like has a reputation for getting really into the weeds with like spirituality and iconography and like the inner like minds of the character uh, characters here to the extent where even there's episodes in the original series where like they completely take place in a character's brain it gets really heady and really weird but because of that It has a very dedicated fan base. It's a very anime anime. It's, I would argue, one of the most anime. (laughs) animes, Um, And that is a good thing and a very bad thing because the other reputation that Ava has, and I want to be clear about, so that way we don't get people being like, "Mm, I've heard some things about this. It does, unfortunately, sexualize underage girls a lot to the point where uh, it's a little gross. (laughs) I would say probably more than a little gross. And yes, very common in other anime as well. But this show does a lot. And it does distract from a lot of the things it's trying to do. I think overall, it's an interesting franchise. And I think this has some things that are actually legitimately interesting to say about things like depression. And I don't think that... The and yes, the fan service is very distracting from that point, but I think that ultimately there's something to it. Uh so if you're not familiar with 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 the kind of the, the road that the show kind of went on, it kind of had a reputation of being like very strange to the point where the creator later decided, well, I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna make a series of four movies that retell the story of the original series plus the movie called End of Evangelion that came out in 97, two years after the series. Rewrite all of it for a new generation of people, basically. That was the pitch. So this started in 2007 with the first one. They made the second one. They they call it here in the States, the Rebuild series or Rebuild of Evangelion. Anyway, so the the first one was 2007. Second was 2009. The third one wasn't until 2012 in Japan, even later here. I don't even think it got a theatrical release here in the States until like 2015 or 2016. And then finally, years later, the fourth and final film came out this year, exclusive, exclusively on Amazon Prime, along with the first time that, yes, I know, out of nowhere, even though they had the series deal with Netflix last year, they decided to go with Amazon for the Rebuilds
1: films. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's a template for Jeff Bezos' next project. <laughs> oh
0: boy, I hope not. Um, yes, Jeff Bezos is working on human instrumentality. It's going <laughs> to Anyways, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah. So finally, all four films are available in one place for people in the United States to watch them. The fourth one, also internationally, is available on Amazon Prime, so everybody can see it. Uh, it was released theatrically earlier in the year in March. Uh, so it is a 2021 film, no matter how you shake it. So I decided, well, I guess, sure. For podcast stuff, I'm sure maybe there's people out there that want to hear about this. So I'll do the work. And since I had already watched the series and end of a the last year, I at least had the 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 groundwork set to watch these rebuild films. So I watched them all in series about four days. Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> As putting it lightly, so the thing is, is I can't really talk about the last one without getting into a lot of spoilers. So I'm going to try just to be general here. Um, is it different than the original series? Yes. Uh, starting with the second rebuild film, it tries. It basically the the plot is going the way you think it's going to go, or the way that did before, and it branches off at the end of two, and then three is completely different. Three is completely like nothing in three happened in the series, and then so four picks up where that left off, basically finishes that version of the story that three is now telling. Um, I think fans of the original one will appreciate a lot of the like the the winks and nods to the original series. I think there's a lot of things that happen in this that are almost indecipherable unless you know stuff that happened in either the series or the previous movie. So maybe don't go into this completely fresh or if you do maybe get like read a synopsis of what exact what happened in those. But then the, you might miss a lot of the visual stuff. Does it does it tell as a, as much of a compelling story as a series that actually had like twenty six episodes to breathe does? That's up for debate. I think that it does cover a lot of the same ground, but it's just, but the way that it tackles stuff about like mental health is very different. In fact, it very it doesn't even really touch the same kind of themes about depression and relationships that really the first series did really focus in on. And I think largely it's because the creator is in a different, happier arguably place than he was back when he apparently made that, which was a very dark time in his life. He'll, he says it as much in interviews that he's done. But is it cool to look at? Absolutely. There's some really cool visual stuff happening, which has always been a hallmark of the series. It's a really good-looking movie when it wants to be. There's some very pointed segments in this movie that look bad that I now, I guess, after doing some reading, look bad on purpose, which is an interesting move. Um, And yes, it's very, very anime. So if none of this seems like it's your thing, then hey, it's probably not your thing. But if you watch the previous Ava films, if you've even watched the Rebuild films up to now, well, you gotta see how it ends, right? And it does end. It is a, there's a sense of finality here that is probably the best part of it. So you get to the end and you feel like things have been wrapped up. And I think there is a conversation to be had whether or not it is better than the original work. I don't necessarily think so, but I think that they, it's a unique opportunity for art. In a way it's kind of like, the Rebuild films are like the Taylor's version. of of anime where it was like a creator being like able to look back at the thing they made and was like hey but what if I did it slightly different for this new for the person that I am now so a lot of what I the conversation I had when Fearless came out earlier this year about like that being kind of interesting in like an artistic kind of point of view you could say that a lot of those points apply here it's very cool that we're allowed to have two versions of the same kind of idea that are different and be able to dissect why they're different and what that means about the creator and what that means about how art is just different from 1995 to 2021. So I think it's an interesting, really compelling thing if you can get past the awful fan service and the unnecessary unnecessarily, uh, unnecessary sexualization of these 14-year-olds. If You can get past that big hump, which I'm sure a lot of people can't. But if you can, I think there's something to it and I'm glad that it exists and is definitely interesting. So yeah, I don't know. It was a good it was an interesting experiment, but uh, your mileage may vary, I guess is what we'll say.
1: It's interesting that you bring up that it's a 2020 reboot in a sense. Right. Because something similar is happening with well, I haven't mentioned on the podcast, but Digimon right mm-hmm. now is getting mm-hmm. its own 2020 reboot. Yes. Following the films that they just did uh, over the past couple of years with Digimon Tri, mm-hmm. that these artists, I mean, if, if you want to say to an extent, even Dragon Ball Super.
0: Oh, yes. Is That's a, a good example
1: of the same idea. Yeah, is going back to your original ideas in canon and learning from it and making new stories yeah. from it in a way, even Pokemon did it with journeys, Mm -hmm.
0: like in Japan, that thing's just called Pokemon, because they wanted it to feel like a complete reset. And so yeah, I think it's like, it's interesting that we're seeing this trend right now, in this decade with with these with these anime creators being like, looking back at the thing they created, and was like, I don't know, let's start this over again, and like, rethink it, like, kind of, of course, I mean, Ava was doing it back in 2007, to be fair. So maybe it started this trend in a way, like started these creators to maybe rethink about how they wanted to do their franchises moving forward. I do mean, um, Cowboy Bebop. I mean, they're is, doing that live action. Thing. Live
1: action. Akira, live action coming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's an interesting thing. It's
0: an interesting way of approaching it. And um, I mean, is it not too dissimilar to the reboot crazy Hollywood that we've experienced the last few years? Not, not too really. different, but I feel like there's a bit, but, but you have to consider it's like, where does the line between, are we doing this for a cash grab and or are we doing this to actually make a creative statement? And you know, that line can be blurry sometimes. So like, uh, like as long as they're going on into it with, in good faith, then i think it's fine and i think it's an
1: interesting way of approaching art so yeah. yeah that was so interesting Miles may vary probably best so question if you didn't watch the series but only watch the films
0: go back and watch the
1: series is
0: i hate to say that because it's a big invest time investment but this, watching the series is important to understand a lot of what's going on here, both plot-wise and visual signifier-wise. You're going to see a lot of shit that doesn't make any sense unless you saw that original series. And there's no way a synopsis, I think, will do enough work for you to really get it in the way that I would say. So, yeah, it sucks because basically that's telling me, in order to wa- telling you, in order to watch this two and a half hour movie, you have to watch. Uh let's say 13 hours of the show plus two hours of a film, and then you can watch and then also let's see, an hour and a half plus two two hours plus another an hour and a half. So
1: whatever math that is, it's a lot of hours. Right. I have the same <laughs> problem with the upcoming My Hero Academia film. Yeah. Where you have to watch the anime plus the two other movies that came out during the- <laughs> Which may or may not actually fit in the timeline, right?
0: Which may not be canon, but which hey, may not be canon
1: by the time we like... get to the third movie, which may or may not be <laughs> canon by then,
0: anime has a lot of stuff in common with getting into comic books. I think, in a way, yeah. where you if you feel like you want to get the entire context, it requires a lot of work,
1: <laughs> right? So,
0: yeah, so I guess by or viewer beware. Anyway, on that note. Let's stop talking about movies, and let's start talking about television, and we always start talking
1: about television with The Sports Corner. All right, and we have congratulations.
0: We do have congratulations, because Taylor, Michigan, has won the Little League World Series championship against Hamilton,
1: Ohio. Unfortunately, even though they're only three hours away, (laughs) they both have to travel Four hours to go play <laughs> at, um, in Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh,
1: meanwhile, though, <laughs> I'm assuming this is a related story here. Oh, We're... so this next story is probably the biggest sports story. Okay, so what's happening here? Because you don't specify what sport
0: is happening. Okay, high school football. Hi, ah, thank you. So, Usually, when you see high school football uh, teams represented on television,
1: they exist. Well, apparently, that wasn't the case this week. So, this past weekend was <laughs> high school football kickoff. Um, ESPN made a bunch of deals across the nation to showcase some of these high school schools, uh, these high schools with their, let's say, top prospects talent. Well, A way to kick off the yes. um, upcoming football season with high school football this week, or the, the past week, college football this week, and then the NFL the following week. Three weeks of football. Yeah. Well, just so
0: happened, one of these teams that showed off on ESPN called Bishop Sycamore it is allegedly not real apparently uh, is being uh, being alleged to have lied to ESPN to get on national television.
1: Yes, uh, their opponent was IMG, one of the top um, recruiting schools in the nation. Um, I think like all of their, pl- over half of their players have scholarships, multiple scholarships to D1 um, schools, D1 colleges. Bishop Sycamore, claimed the same. Hmm. But wait, it gets weirder. <laughs> Bishop Sycamore has only existed for two years. Bishop Sycamore's last year got... never won a game. i outscored 257 points to 47. <laughs> uh-huh. Bishop Sycamore... Oh, by the way, it gets weirder. Bishop <laughs> Sycamore apparently also played a game on the friday night before <laughs> so they played on friday night had two days rest or a day's rest and played on sunday night against IMG but wait it gets weirder <laughs> the head coach for bishop sycamore has an arrest warrant out for him what oh okay oh but wait it gets weirder <laughs> the players at bishop sycamore don't even go to Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Apparently, some of the players are graduates, Juco players, junior college players. Oh. But wait, it gets better. <laughs> it gets weirder because Bishop Sycamore ultimately lost that game 44-7. to <laughs> Meaning that even if these were junior college players, they're awful. They still got beat by a bunch of high schoolers, sixteen and fifteen-year-old yeah. high schoolers. How did this happen? How
0: did they pull this off?
1: Uh, so ESPN does not schedule these games. A marketing mm. firm schedules oh. these games for them. Got it. Apparently, when ESPN tried to reach out to Bishop Sycamore to get some kind of data or updated roster for their broadcast, Bishop Sycamore ignored them and did not return phone calls and did not deliver any type of paperwork until yeah. two hours before the game so they could not wow. verify anything but wait wow. it gets weirder <laughs> uh, I don't think it can get weirder okay. than that but. no
0: that's pretty much we've reached peak weird
1: yeah. So um, is so there yeah.
0: gonna be any sort of repercussions here? Or is it like we'll is see, there getting anybody
1: punished here? Like, like what? Bishop Sycamore is like the weirdest headline in sports <laughs> right now. Yeah. I felt like we could not talk about it. Yeah, that's or we super could not, not talk about it. Right. Well. So yeah, if you want so I know you like your rabbit holes. <laughs> look up Bishop Sycamore yeah. and go down the fun journey that is. <sighs> Does this school actually exist? Wow. Wow. Okay.
0: Well, note note the rest of sports this week, but not nearly as, uh, I guess, conspiratory. Uh, first up, you're going to have to tell me
1: who Quinn Ewers is. Remember at the beginning of uh, August when I said that there was a quarterback who for gone for went his senior year of high school? Right. Yes. Into Ohio State. The Ohio State. State. Yes. This is him, Quinn Okay. Well, he's in the news this week because he
0: signed some deals. He's making some bank. He signed a deal with GT Sports Marketing worth $1.4 million and received a new F-150 truck from a kombucha company worth $50,000.
1: Note that he is a redshirt freshman who has not played (laughs) a snap in college. Right. But already one point four million dollar deal, already making bank. On the back of that, starting today, September first, in California, high sc- or college athletes can get paid. Yes, for their name, image, and likeness. NIL law goes into effect today in California. Yeah, so college athletes can officially be paid. For their name, image, and likeness. Yep. So get ready. Yep. Uh, I'm expect like big deals to come out of this starting uh, this weekend, if not by next week, <laughs> or at least the end of the month. Yeah. yeah if this Quinn Ewers kid is a 1.4 for never playing a snap, <laughs> imagine what like quarterback at USC. Whoever yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. Whoever that is, who who
0: can say? <laughs> yep.
1: Well, the who's who? Of yeah. Players. Exactly. <laughs> no, literally the who's who. Yeah.
0: Who's who? Who's what? Who's, who's who? Who? All right. Well, moving out of college football into professional football, help me out here. What exactly did Urban Meyer say
1: to get an investigation by the Players Association? Urban Meyer said that he took vaccination status into account when making final roster cuts. I see. Now, you're not supposed to do that. Ah, according to the NFL. According to the NFLPA, in which a deal was struck between the the Players Association and the NFL, that whether or not a player is vaccinated should not determine their status on a team. I see. That being said... It is of note that Cam Newton, who is unvaccinated and has probably spoken out about it, currently not on a team. Mm. He got let go by the Patriots. Ah. But Bill Polchik was smart enough to say, he's just not going to be our backup. <laughs> sure. We're just going with a new quarterback.
0: Right. So if he had said literally anything but, hey, I did it because of vaccination status, he would have been fine and nobody would have batted an eye.
1: Well, yeah, Bill Bel because that's Bill Belichick. He <laughs> knows what to say. Whereas Urban Myers, who's a new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And new to the NFL system. Yeah. Basically flat out said, Yeah, we take uh, vaccination status into consideration. Of course. Because any time that a team doesn't play, there it's just gonna end up into a forfeit this year.
0: Wow.
1: So Important they, to note here
0: that this is in. Jacksonville, Florida, yes. where there is quite an issue right now with the lack of a, vac- vaccination.
1: Right, and, and just in Florida, the state in general. Yes. So yeah, Urban Myers is in current hot water, and as much as I say, hey, maybe you should just go get vaccinated, <laughs> this is exactly what the NFLPA is there for. Right. To protect the players, players, right? Even though you it, think yeah. protecting the players would mean getting everyone <laughs> vaccinated,
0: yeah, this is a weird line. You're right, is because it's like, well, as much as we'd like this to be a a, a vaccinated only zone, the players' association is calling the shots here, right? <laughs> and they are literally doing their
1: job. They're there <laughs> to protect the players' jobs. Calling the shots, get it? Yes. <laughs> okay, make sure got it. Uh, I, I caught it. I got the jab.
0: You got it? Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> Interesting, nonetheless. Uh, but yeah, maybe don't, yeah, just like, hey, get get your shots, but like also maybe be strategic about how you say these things.
1: <laughs> well, he's a new head coach. so Right. He was bound to slip up. It was only a matter of time. That being said, we won't talk about football a whole lot, other than yeah. Next Thursday is the start. Where there's no preseason game this upcoming week, right? Next Thursday is the start of football on nine nine.
0: Proper. So yes, next week, uh, we might have some news about that. All right, let's move on. Our last story here in sports. You're gonna have to explain this to me because
1: is this a typo? No, this is not a typo. <laughs> It could have been a typo. I mean it could be a typo. Uh but the Los <laughs> Angeles Lakers yes. um have secured their roster for the upcoming season. Uh-huh. And they include a bunch of names from the twenty twelve um All Star Game. Oh. Is that on a purpose? I mean <laughs> yes, because Technically, they're all All-Stars in their own right.
0: <laughs> so people were just picking up on the parallels here and being like, hey, wait a minute.
1: Yeah, so not only do they have LeBron James right, and Anthony Davis, but they also picked up Russell Westbrook, Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, yeah. White Howard, and Rajon Rondo. So this is
0: going to feel like
1: a nostalgia play for a decade ago, like what the NBA was almost a decade. So you know how yeah. some people say that like after you make it big in baseball, you go to the Yankees to basically get your paycheck and retire. <laughs> yes, that's what's happening here. Ah, uh, right. You're going to the Lakers to get your paycheck and retire.
0: <laughs> well,
1: yeah. congratulations um, to all of them. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to all of you. You're now a Laker, but also also get out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> make room, for other make people. way for the young nuns.
0: It's like uh, people trying to be a librarian and all the old-ass librarians won't retire.
1: <laughs> Same deal. Well, yeah, because you can't have sexy librarians. You got to have the no. old librarians. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right,
0: that's it for sports this week, unless you have anything else to add. Of course I do, but not enough to talk about it here. Sure. All right. Well, let's move on then to keep our pace going here. As we move into our first television story this week, which is all about our old friend, the
1: Nielsen rating system. And by old, we do mean old, as they've been around for literal decades. So if you're not sure what Nielsen's is,
0: they're an industry organization decided to, uh, that, that uh, basically keeps track of the ratings for television programs. And of course, as you probably imagine, that has changed over the years as we've kind of moved off of the traditional set-top box kind of approach. of uh, Everybody watches the same stuff on TV. To more of a broad definition of ratings. This includes including DVR recordings and now maybe streaming? Yep. I streaming don't know. Video on demand. So things have gotten complicated. Well, they've agreed to cancel an agreed upon hiatus for its support of Nielsen's local TV efforts as well, considering that TV networks have alleged earlier this year that Nielsen actually changed their protocols during the coronavirus pandemic resulting in undercounting of the actual TV audience. Quote, we have become increasingly concerned with inaccuracies and irregularities in the data reported by Nielsen, said Disney's ad sales unit for one. The decision will affect Nielsen ratings starting in mid-September. While the company's measurement will still be able to be utilized, it will, for an undetermined period of time, operate without a sort of seal of approval by the industry that actually uses it. And that could give advertisers and TV networks impetus to seek alternate means of counting their audiences. So are we looking at the p- p-
1: potential end of the Nielsen's reign as the rating system? We already see that end in terms of streaming with everyone having their own streaming service. Meaning they could look directly at their numbers and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, it Doesn't quite work the same way for cable because everyone no. has different type of, types of cable out there. So they need some sort of overarching way of counting viewers. yeah. And that's kind of what Nielsen's is, the overarching way of counting viewers. But we're no longer in a cable age. We're in a digital age where I'm sure cable companies easily have access to said information. Now, a company like, say, Comcast, which is under mm-hmm. Universal, may have an inside track
0: to these numbers. Yes. Because, yes, it's very important that you mention that, because the other thing that changed was not only how we uh, watch our programming, but who makes it and where it airs. What's happened is because of consolidation that previously was not allowed, you have content creation companies owned by the distribution distribution companies. And you're right, that may be a problem if we're looking at counting. We can't account for bias.
1: It's. A problem that has been growing, especially over the past 15, 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years with streaming coming up and video on demand and DVRs. But Nielsen has found a way to counter that because they have access to set-top boxes. Right Now you can watch TV anywhere. You don't need to sit in front of an actual TV to watch TV. Watch on your yes. computer, on your phone, on your tablet, on a plane, on the go, in a box, with a fox. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not a play, not a j- uh, but yeah, it, so I guess maybe it'd be interesting. I, I don't know if our audience includes some Nielsen families out there, but hey, uh if you're out there, send us an email. Let us know how you're counting Nielsen ratings these days. How does it even work in this age? All right. So, there so channels out there. How do you even keep track? <laughs> Is there an app like do you enter the app? Like I watch this show or this song? Like, how does it work?
1: They just need to get uh, with Google and put the ads in front of like the YouTube. <laughs> Like yeah, did you watch this yeah like, this we'll week. Pick, pick one show you watched this week <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, interesting to see and yeah that could be that could be a major change in something that's kind of been a standard uh for the last God forever of television yeah
1: uh, like when you talk about TV you talk about Nielsen <laughs> ratings and right, yeah to see that possibly go away yeah interesting yeah
0: all right on that note. A television show that has uh, been, I guess, a hotbed for some uh, ratings conversation is Jeopardy. And it's a show that we've talked about a lot over the last few weeks. And we have yet another update every for week. you. <laughs> yes, the, 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 uh, the story of Mike Richards just keeps getting more and more ridiculous as Sony has now decided, decided to fire Mike Richards from his executive producer role as well on Jeopardy as well as his role on the Wheel of Fortune, its sister program. An internal. This, of course, follows his oust of as a host of the show, which, have, which we talked about last week. An internal memo to staff explains that Richards would depart effective immediately. Here's the quote. We had hoped that when Mike stepped down from the host position at Jeopardy, it would have minimized the disruption at internal difficulties. That clearly has not happened. This, of course, echoes the sentiment of the memo that came out after he was ousted as host, which more or less said that it was because of these disruption and internal difficulties that they had no choice but to pick another host.
1: Right. This is also after an op-ed in the New York Times about um, the question being, why is Mike Richards still in charge of jeopardy?
0: So yes, as we reported last week, his hosting tenure lasted just one day of production, with Mayim Bialik tapped to host for the ne- at least the next three weeks as a new round of guest hosts will come in, still yet to be named. So, um, editor's note, just really quick. Since last week when we were praising uh, Mayim Bialik, I have come across some evidence that maybe we should not be praising her as much as we have. <laughs> yes, you heard is quick on this. <laughs> yes, Dante. not they? So it looks like some people dug up some comments that she made about... Uh, Maybe some questionable opinions about COVID um, that maybe have um, lessened how I think about her a little bit, and some larger um, questionable comments that she made just about medicine and health in the lar- in, in a big picture way. So I'm gonna maybe walk back media boat approval of her a little bit and just say, hey, you know. <sighs> Take, you know, do your research, take with a grain of salt what these people are saying, and maybe, hey, maybe we'll get an even better person to host the daily show. Jeopardy fans are vocal. Yes, turns out. And Sony's finding this out the hard way this year.
1: I mean, everyone loved Jeopardy. I think we all knew everyone loves Jeopardy. But this just shows how much people love Jeopardy. It's It's just people in everyone's lives. And yes you know if the fan base had its way LeVar Burton would be the host tomorrow
0: well I don't think yeah it's a bad choice i don't think it's a bad choice but hey maybe we'll maybe there's somebody that nobody's even thought about that would be a perfect uh, perfect fit for this
1: i saw we'll twitter out. polling for youtubers to go out and host
0: <laughs> yeah maybe but I, I i'm saying i think i've, I've not moved us. my
1: not that we're on youtube yeah. but like actual like right. science people who do science sure. and educational videos on youtube
0: or just go do the hail mary. Literally,
1: get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you know what? You um, you call up Kanye West. You, you call up um, Snoop Dogg. Sure. You find out their management for holographic technology, <laughs> and just use uh-huh. holographic Alex Trebek.
0: Oh because no, that'd be too
1: sad. He is recorded sure hundreds of yes, thousands of episodes of jeopardy his no. voice is everywhere you can no. make it happen
0: too depressing too sad Never left
1: no i don't think i, I don't think people would be i'm not talking that. about like animatronic like house
0: of i know Black what you're style. talking about regardless too sad i don't think we're ready for that all right let's move right. on out of this story and talk about something you watched uh much lighter fair. i <laughs> wouldn't be the same Oh, like <laughs> Um, so yes, our,
1: our weekly our, our, our Disney Plus correspondent returns. Yes, so new <laughs> Disney Plus drops today, and the new thing today was Doug Days. Doug being yes. the dog from Up, which right. we'll talk about later. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, it's Pixar tech devs showing off their new stuff. Right in Up related shorts called Doug Days about Doug the dog.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in his new life post up with Carl in their new home and being a dog and doing what dog does but because the caller allows him to speak you get the hilarity of oh what the dog acts and what the dog says it's a time it's a time
0: honored tradition Uh, it's it's a common thing it's like hey if a dog could speak what would a
1: dog say and it's
0: always ripe for comedy
1: yep and it's always like you're in your backyard like, man, well, I wonder what my dog's looking at. I wonder what yeah. he's thinking. Yeah. Well, you don't have to ponder that. Doug <laughs> or Doug Days mm-hmm. kind of gives it to you. Now, it's six episodes. It's extremely short. They're all devs for different directors. And yeah. it's basically, it works as Pixar's way of using new talent and finding new creatives within their own company to be promoted. Okay. We just get the benefactor of, or the benefit of watching the end product,
0: right? Yeah. But is it? Fun. Is it? Uh, does it have a lot of um, winks and nods toward the movie up, or is it kind of
1: its the own opening? Thing? Does okay, but you own, but the main characters are Carl and Doug. Sure. Um. I mean, it's them until the last episode. Mm -hmm. Episode. at last short. Sure. Then, like, you have a bunch of voices. But before that, it's just the two of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. It's (sighs) fine. It's fine. If you you want to watch Ed Asner or listen to Ed Asner.
0: Mm,
1: Yeah. mm. mm. This will probably be the last. Yeah, I guess this is it, huh? Yep.
0: We'll get there. We'll get there. In just a second. Before we do, we have cancellations and renewals to talk about. Uh, real quick.
1: One last thing. Uh, yes. I've been watching Ultimate Surfer, the surfing competition on ABC.
0: Mm.
1: It's you know surfing. what that is.
0: Yeah, it's surfing. You know what it is. That's all it is. About it. It's surfing.
1: Right? Professional surfing. You it's want to surfing. see cool surfing? It's a competition. Cool it's surfing. Surfing. ultimate surfer. There you go. That's the
0: premise. That's the premise. <laughs> now let's move on to cancellations and renewals. First up, who run the world? Well, Stars does, apparently, because Run the World is getting a second season. Kevin can F himself, who talked about that show recently here on the podcast, getting a second season. Of course, how? Remains to be seen.
1: (laughs) That's about a month removed from its season finale, so AMC finally got rating information I guess. (laughs) I guess so. Or they already looked at their books and said, yeah, we could probably do it.
0: (laughs) Netflix is bringing back Cobra Kai for a fifth season. Also, the, uh, the uh, fourth season of Manifest, which will be its last.
1: Um, this is the previously dead Manifest. Yes, was brought was back. Killed and enjoyed, on NBC.
0: Enjoyed success in Netflix viewing enough so that they were like, here, Netflix, make fourth. Yep, The Wonder Twins are back at it. <laughs> but as we mentioned, oh, we have one death to talk about this week. Yes, Ed Asner unfortunately has left us. Age 91. Actor famous for, oh, my God, do I even need to tell you, you know. Mary Tyler Moore show, Lou Grant, uh, but most recently um, in the minds of uh, people who love the Doug Days, Up, among other things. Um, seven-time Emmy winner, president for a while of the Screen Actors Guild, just such a great guy, such a funny guy, just like always reliable to come in and do vi- voice acting or cameo appearances, just Man, just like what a just good dude. Super so,
1: hilarious, just yeah. overall great guy to be around. It's Yeah. That's that's a cornerstone that's going to be missed, but it's also age 91. I mean, yeah.
0: it was going to happen, but still, yes, a legend um will be at the end of the Emmy's memoriam in memoriam 100%. <laughs> like,
1: on a lighter note though, yes. Betty White is still outliving all these guys. That is true. That is true. <laughs>
0: So, yes. But uh, but later this month, and like I said, I'm sure, yes, we will probably see an ME tribute for, to him because just seminal important person when you talk about television. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about some music. And I uh, hand, throw this over like a spiral football over to you.
1: And we start music with the Billboard and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100 and staying hot... <laughs> This summer, as we get into September, is the kid Leroy and Justin Bieber with Stay the number one song still. Country still Still. at number two, Bad Habits by Ed Sheeran. Number three is Good for You by Olivia Rodrigo. Still at four, Kiss Me More by Doja Cat featuring Susa. Moving up and moving up into the top five, yes, Industry Baby by Lil Nas X. And Jack Harlow. Took it a couple of
0: weeks longer than we thought it would to get to the top five, but here it is. Yep, it kept chugging, and
1: here it is. Yes. As for your album's chart, your Billboard 200, back at number one, staying at number one, still yes. number one. St- back at number one. Back still. <laughs> Some people say it's still on people's number one album chart. <laughs> uh, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. That's what I forgot to mention yes uh no we were watching hard knocks this past okay. week and they played olivia rodrigo's brutal in the middle <laughs> of it but they were specific in editing out any reference sure. to it being a high school that's funny like lion she said like where's my teenage dream
0: yeah.
1: they, they dropped the audio removed it <laughs> that's very silly just to say just so they kept the, the the phrase that God is brutal out here because it's the dog days of summer. <laughs> uh, at number two, Trip at Night by Trippy Red. Uh, number three is Soul Fly by Rod Wave. At number four, Planet Her by Doja Cat, dropping down a couple slots and rounding out the top five, <laughs> Solar Power by Lord. Yes. Took a yeah. tumble.
0: Just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't sustain.
1: Uh, but hey, yeah, still there. If you didn't like any of those albums, I'm sure oh, we have sorry. new releases. It's underneath
0: the news. I, 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 I put the news stories ahead of it for some we reason. We have new releases. <laughs> we do have new releases, uh,
1: <laughs> including the big sleepover by Big Boy and Sleepy Brown. Oh, you Sleepy see what Brown. they did there. The big sleepy. <laughs> I see over. what they did. Uh, we also have Mercury, Act One, by Imagine Dragons. Yes, mm. those Imagine those... Dragons. I can't imagine those dragons. You can never imagine those dragons. No, no. Uh, we also have Senjitsu by Iron Maiden. Yes, that Iron Maiden <laughs> right. still kicking around. <laughs> uh, Gigi bb xx by Lanny. Sometimes I might be an introvert by <laughs> Little Sims. Uh-huh. Name of my album. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. How of my life. Uh, we also have the ultra vivid Lament. Lament. Manic Street <laughs> Preachers. Daniel's <Oates> Lament. <laughs> but your big release of the week, the one that's probably going to hit number one, assuming it actually releases. Certified Lover Boy by Drake. <sighs> yeah.
0: So I'm gonna do what I did with the Lord uh album cover here and ask you if you've seen the album cover for this.
1: I have not. Um I've been staring at uh yes. the blank donda, which we'll talk <laughs> about. Uh before we talk about that though,
0: I want you to do a quick Google of certified lover boy cover art.
1: <laughs> and I want, your, yeah, I, I want to get your boy cover
0: i want to get your
1: your on-air opinion of what this thing is is this uh baby mama's <laughs> yes baby mama emoji 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 yes for those who haven't seen it yet it is the pregnant
0: woman emoji um but i'll, I'll
1: say called, pregnant called, person called emoji. over
0: though yeah pregnant person emoji in uh, different uh, shades of skin color. Uh, different shirts as well. Total of 12 in, on a white background. And that's what this is. Um, apparently, a artist uh, that of some renown is responsible for this. Um, because friend of the show, Christy, actually knew who this person was. And I was like, okay. Because she's taking art classes, I guess. So he's like around. Um, so it, I guess it's art. I don't know, you be the judge. Uh, but it does make you wonder what Drake is trying to insinuate here. Um the joke I saw uh very quickly in a comment was um wow, Pusha T said that he was hiding one child, but is he hiding twelve? <laughs> <laughs> I thought
1: that uh, was the thing that he's hiding children.
0: Right. That was a thing. And then he finally revealed like, oh no, here's my son. And he came on stage with him at some award show last year. It was like a big deal. But now it seems questionable choice to insinuate that there's more where that came from. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It might just be as simple as Drake bragging that he's had sex with a lot of women. But like Drake, we, we already kind of- only kinda... verify once. Yeah, like we can, <laughs> yes, exactly. Only a proof of one. Uh, but But yeah, so I'm guessing like, but drake we already kind of figured that like i don't know why you feel like you need to prove this to us
1: it's ridiculous um so i just wanted you to see that um i am very more <laughs> fond of lodos X's yes take on it you've you've noticed this as well where they're all guys yes it's very funny i saw that on twitter and i didn't get it I now thought, you oh, get is it because it, he's gay
0: no now you no, get it but also now I yes get it. also yes that is not not true all right. Um. So yeah, let's move on. Move on now. <laughs> now that that's out of our system.
1: All right. I got to not look at this. <laughs> we'll talk more about Drake next week. Unfortunately. All right. <laughs> but we have some big announcements to talk about this week. Do. So we didn't mention it at the beginning of the podcast, but it is worth noting. If you live in the south, there's no running from it. You can't hide from it. Hurricane Ida is around. Yeah. Yeah. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone yep. in there yep. who will be impacted by yep. Hurricane Ida. Yep. Not just people's homes or people's livelihood, also people's jobs.
0: Yeah. So hang in there
1: uh, and stay safe. Yep. And the hanging Chad on the semicolon <laughs> is our first music story that is yes. on a roof. Yes. So The music festival, which is scheduled to begin on Thursday, has been canceled as of Tuesday afternoon. The reason given was not COVID-related, but rather due to the heavy rainstorms from Hurricane Ida. Uh, And the organ... uh, Yeah. Quote, We are absolutely heartbroken to announce that we must cancel Bonnaroo. While this weekend's weather looks outstanding, currently... Center route is waterlogged in many areas. The ground is incredibly saturated on our toll booth booth paths, and the campgrounds are flooded to the point where we are unable to drive in or park vehicles safely. We have done everything in our power to try to keep the show moving forward, but Mother Nature has dealt us a tremendous amount of rain over the past 24 hours, and we have run out of options to try to make the event happen safely and in a way that lives up to the Bonneroo experience. Please find ways to safely gather with your Bonnaroo community and continue to radiate positivity during this disappointing time. We will see you on the farm in June of 2022.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting story considering that we have a cancellation that for once is not about COVID, uh, but for a very legitimate reason. Um, if you can't do what you need to do to put stuff on the stage or backstage, then you can't have a show.
1: Not just putting on a show, but making sure people are safe. Bonnaroo is a campground, RVs and tents everywhere. If the ground is wet and you can't, and unstable, it can give way, Mm -hmm. that is terrible. If you can't drive on it and park and have secure parking, it's unsafe. You can't, you should not have a, a festival yeah and this is the right call right it's the right call um yeah it is unfortunate for people
0: who bought tickets but hopefully they'll be refunded um so yeah just another example of like these things are so unpredictable and you never know uh what's going to happen in this case it was weather
1: yep um as for everyone anyone who has flights out to Tennessee for room, might be a quick time to either cancel or change or divert those yes. flights yes um, indeed. i was reading the twitter feed of on tuesday night when it was announced that the people who were still there all the um then uh, not vendors but the crew who set yeah. up bonnaroo were still there they were kind of trapped right so they were having their own bonnaroo party you know, trying to make light of the situation. Trying to yeah, take advantage of being like kind of trapped for a little yeah, bit. Like we can't go anywhere. So everyone pull your resources and let's just have one big party that, that we keep. It looks oh. fun, but at the same time
0: yes, to when not you the wake situation. up in the morning,
1: you realize yeah, I'm still here, I need to get Sorry. out of here.
0: Right. So we hope uh them uh safe uh safe travels out of it when they can, when it's safe to do so. And yeah, and we hope uh, that everybody involved in that weather, like you're saying, is, is remains safe. And yeah, it's rough. Yep. Speaking of rough. Speaking of rough, we have updates. Yes, our two uh, 2021
1: stories, <laughs> basically competing with each other. They really are. Uh, first up is the Brittany update. Yes. So, Britney Spears' lawyer is keeping up his blistering attacks on her father, accusing father Jamie Spears of trying to extort $2 million in payments in exchange for stepping down from from Britney's conservatorship. The attorney, Matthew Rosengart, has been seeking since July to have Jamie Spears removed from his position of control over her finances. Earlier this month, Jamie Spears agreed that it would be best for him to step down from the conservatorship, saying he did not want a public fight with his daughter. However, he did not provide a timetable for his resignation and appeared to open the door to a negotiated resolution. Mm -hmm. In a filing on Monday, Rosengart argued that Jamie Spears is seeking to use his leverage to compel his daughter's estate to pay $1.3 million in attorney's fees, $500,000 to Spears' former management company, as well as additional payments to Jamie Spears himself. So, yeah, this is why, this is a symbol of why
0: when we talked about the story, I was trying to avoid, uh, like, avoid framing it as a win, because clearly it's still not over. Because he's going to try to figure out his way that if he is going to step down, that he's going to get paid for it. It was never in good faith. And I kind of figured it wasn't.
1: Right. It's something that we had brought up that it was a vocal contribution on his part. Yeah. But until something physically actually happened or was court ordered, it was as good as... no. Yeah. Uh, what's the phrase? Like... <laughs> white out on a paper right yeah exactly it's like you have to
0: unless you physically like unless we actually hear that he's been completely removed he's not going anywhere he's going to make sure of that because he's made it very clear that he doesn't trust Brittany. um and so yeah this is far from over as we said last time we talked about it so yeah continue we continue to hope
1: that Brittany uh, britney eventually gets her wishes Brittany battle continues yeah Speaking of battling, lovely. Oh well, this is a potentially positive spin on what's been a really rough story. Yeah, I mean, we'll at see. least he's trying. Yeah, like he. I mean, the baby. <laughs> yeah. He has met with a group of nine U.S. HIV organizations, quote, to discuss HIV facts and share personal stories of living th- of living and thriving with HIV. The organizations had called for a meeting in an August 4th open letter to the rapper whose controversial homophobic comments in recent weeks led to the cancellation of multiple <laughs> concert appearances and a firestorm of criticism from other artists. His attempts at public apologies seemed half-hearted at best, And he deleted most the and he deleted the most detailed one of his social media accounts after a few days. But in a statement on Tuesday, the organizations wrote, "Quote the open letter to the baby was our way to extend him the same grace each of us would hope for. Our goal was to call him in instead of calling him out. We believed that if he connected." With black leaders living with HIV, that a space for community building and healing could be created, we are encouraged. He swiftly answered our call and joined us in the meeting in a meaningful dialogue and thoughtful educational meeting. Of course, the thing
0: that's not here is, of course, de baby's reaction or de baby's statement following these things. No, he has not said anything about this to my knowledge at least according to the record. Um, And until he does, I mean, this doesn't count as an apology. This means that, like you said, he's doing some work. It means that he at least agreed to come meet with these people. That's good. It's a sign of wanting to do better and wanting to learn. But if he's still not giving a real apology, and if he's still not saying anything about it otherwise, than the statements he's already made on the record, then I think we're still at square one. He needs to, if he's going to do the work he has to say, he also has to learn from it. Like, you have to, see, we have to see the result of him learning, which I guess is the next step. So, until that happens,
1: I don't know, DaBaby. This is only, we're only halfway there. Well, I can tell you for certain that Universal Music is still distancing itself from DaBaby. Yeah. Even when one of their big artists releases a song with DaBaby, <laughs> DaBaby on it. Is this your segue? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, are we really going to talk about this
0: first? You have to, we, I, I guess we have to get through the the, the gristle to get to the meat, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, st- big story that came out this past weekend is Kanye West dropped Donda. Yeah, finally. Then, finally, after he did a concert at Soldier Field and literally built his hometown house yes. on the 50 yard line of Soldier Field. Then the album dropped. Well, it didn't drop on Kanye's part. It was released by Universal Music. Right. To which Kanye, like an hour after it was released, he really put out a statement on his Instagram saying, <laughs> I do not condone this release. <laughs> then, a few hours later, he put out another statement asking where Jail 2 was. I think that's what the, uh, the album yeah. was called. Where Jail 2 was. Because that song had both the baby and Marilyn Manson <laughs> on the track, but was pulled by Universal Music because it had Marilyn Manson and the Baby, da baby, baby on, on the track, <laughs> both of which are still in hot water over recent allegations. Yes. I mean, the baby's not so much an allegation because it flat out did it.
0: Yeah, well. Yes, and then Marilyn Manson, a much more serious allegation, I think, than anything baby has been involved in. <laughs> yes. Let's be fair. Yes, you're right. It was kind of a big story, but the real big story is it, that this album is, I guess, real, and it's out, and you can listen to it. And it seems like, well, according, can you? To, according to my notes here, uh, is that you did that? You did this? You you yes. actually You actually did it?
1: Yes. I went Why? through all 145 <laughs> hour, minutes, an hour and 45 minutes of this. Yeah, it's not 145 <laughs> No, it's 105 minutes. I was trying to do the math, but then it came back 45. 105 minutes, hour 45.
0: Yeah.
1: I had to take a break and like listen to this thing in three separate like chunks. This
0: is something that, you know, like how you, theme parks used to give you a shirt in the gift shop at the end saying I survived like Jurassic Park or whatever you like I think everybody who survives the hour and 45 minutes of this thing should have a shirt I survived Donda Except it doesn't say
1: that because it's just black and it's a no, thousand <laughs> you're right it is black because the album is just yes. black
0: <laughs> all right so I'll, I'll say real briefly before you you can give me your your thoughts about it I wasn't going to listen to this, and then I was with Christy, and Christy was like, let's at least hear what a couple of these songs sound like. We listened to the intro of this thing, and then listened to the song after that for about, mm, let's say, half of its runtime before skipping through a few songs, and then we got to another song, and we reliter- she was literally like, this sound hurts my ears, and so we
1: stopped listening to Donda. So, so yeah, the go ahead, tell me what to... the rest of this thing is. The best way to sum up Donda is by that first track. (laughs) Donda, Donda, Uh Donda. Donda, 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 Uh Donda, Donda, Donda. Yes. He says Donda a lot in this album. Uh huh. Well, I mean, it is a tribute to his mother. Right. Donda. Yeah. There's no going about, there's no two ways going about that. It is a tribute from Kanye West to his mom. And I think I want to.
0: I want to establish b- before we continue nothing against donda west it seems like she had a very uh, a big impact on his life she seemed like a very very good person she doesn't seem like uh, like unlike kanye has not made any question like in her life did not make any questionable uh, uh did not have any questionable opinions did not do any questionable things it seemed like she is a stand-up person and was and is deserving of praise and deserving of respect and i'm glad that kanye Is honoring her in this way Uh, but continue
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's interesting at best okay so the last album he put out right aside from Jesus is King which is the gospel album yeah that was was a gospel thing is yay 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 2017? 2018 oh god it was really that long ago okay it was five years ago oh boy Something like that. So that was his last album. This I want to say is more in line with his previous album, Jesus.
0: You're I, skipping
1: like, Life of Pablo, but okay. Everyone skips the Life of Pablo. <laughs> it's fine. Right. That album is fine. So yeah, uh Yeezus, I think, was the one that had like black skin head on it, and like yes. oh yeah.
0: He's oh, at the time kind of controversial because it was him experimenting with a lot of like abrasive sounds, very influenced by noise music, was very like a different kind of vibe, very oppressive um, and short. It was at the time his shortest record and only about 10 tracks. And it was a statement record. It was basically Kanye saying like, well, I don't make just hip hop anymore. I don't make rap anymore. I make these weird art songs. So you're saying that he dabbles a bit in that kind of vibe here?
1: Yeah, he dabbles in that kind of vibe where it's very abrasive, but also mm-hmm. very direct and dare I say, lyrically gymnastics with sure. it as Kanye tends to do. Yeah. But it's yeah. still, that more hard abrasive sound from Jesus, he takes from uh, the God King more gospel approach, mm-hmm. and it's more echoey, it's more angelic, it's more easy to listen to. I enjoyed this album,
0: hmm.
1: to a point. <laughs> uh-huh. I enjoyed about the first five tracks of this album, especially when like the different artists started coming on. I thought it was a great great introduction. And then it just kept going, and then it kept going. And that's why I had to stop and listen to this thing in chunks. Yeah, because it just kept going unnecessarily kept going. It is unnecessarily long. And by the time I got to the end of it, I was more, thank God it's done, rather than, oh my God, uh, like, that's a masterpiece.
0: Right. And that's the risk you always take when something this length, Mm -hmm. and also it's the risk you take when you do what Kanye did here, and repeat several tracks at the end of the runtime with different versions of them basically yeah. like here's version 2 of this with a different with a different guest verse and it's like you're stretching the you're stretching the the, the audience's uh, listening ability there if they're going to hear the same song they already heard again it's like um, another thing i will say is it seems like your opinion about the guest verses is consistent with the critical consensus it seems like everybody's saying the same thing is like this is really mediocre on kanye's part but the guest verses are good
1: yeah (laughs) yeah so i I like the guest verses um and then i like the production on it like it's top dot production like kanye is a producer yeah it's kanye he was a
0: producer first you know it's very much his imprint um but yeah it's a marathon is what it sounds Mm -hmm. like and when you finish a marathon you're exhausted
1: (laughs) yeah having not like looked at like who was on it as i was listening I was like oh i know that voice or right. oh they're on this album and i like that i mean something can be taken that surprise can be take away like if you look at like featuring and who's it by like beforehand yeah but i kind of enjoyed the surprise element of listening right. to it
0: yeah and that's what i think that you get out of that's i guess the thing the valuable thing you get out of something mm-hmm. that's this long is that it's like digging. It's like in a mine, almost, for those gemstones. You're trying to find the like, diamonds in the rough there throughout the like the the rest of it. Uh, right twice a day, it's <laughs> white pig finds a truffle. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, whatever metaphor you want to spin. Uh, but yeah, I, so I guess the question I have is, as a whole, do you think this is necessary? Do you think that people who have liked Kanye in the past should try this thing for maybe the few nuggets they can find of good music here or is it just overwhelming in its
1: length and not maybe worth people's time a hundred minutes is unnecessary long no matter which way you spin it yeah especially for an album at like unless it's a musical <laughs> right it doesn't need to be that long yeah. break this thing up
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, and then kind of coupled onto that is like, do we want to reward Kanye for doing something that's, from what I can also, what I gather from the consensus is just okay?
1: I mean, it's okay, (laughs) but it also harkens back, like I said, almost 10 years ago to Jesus. Right. So, does that mean that over the past 10 years, he's learned learned nothing good
0: no and that's and i think that's a point that other people have brought up too is that it seems like there was a time where kanye was the trend setter now it appears as if he's both chasing who he used to be as well as chasing current trends Mm -hmm. there's a lot of songs on the on that uh, on this that seem like from what i've heard again i have not listened to the entirety of this thing and probably won't but it seems like a lot of people are saying he's like he's just kind of borrowing other people's beats here and not really blazing a trail anymore. He's just tra- He's gotten to the zone. <laughs> no pen intended <laughs> uh, about where he doesn't feel like he needs to lead the pack anymore. So it'll be interesting uh, going into the next few weeks and months here because, as we mentioned, Drake's new record comes out next next week. And then Kendrick Lamar recently in the news for uh, talking about his final record for Top Dog. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have Drake and Kendrick records to compare against this thing very soon here. it's going to be interesting to see kind of the three like names when you think of 2010s hip hop against each other again.
1: It's funny because we literally just talked about this last week with Lord (laughs) and Solar Power. We did, yes. How stacked it is for that kind of music. Yeah. That everyone's putting on an album. So yeah, I don't know if Kanye can stay relevant holds up by the end of the year. Probably not. I don't think so.
0: I think a lot of people will forget about this thing.
1: Um I say you will get your kind of your singles, your hits out of this, especially with the upcoming football season, it will yeah. definitely be used in a lot of promos. <laughs> but as an album, and that's how we look at these, we don't look at these individually. Right. It's an album. It's not gonna be for everybody
0: your mileage may vary, your mileage
1: may vary very I'm heavily
0: thinking earlier today we're almost to the point where we need to redo the patented media boat scale you yeah. need to have pass your mileage may vary or see it slash listen to it i right. think that's probably where we're at right now i think the middle used to be stream it but i think we can now that we're in the streaming era i think we can remove stream it from all of the categories yeah just change it to mileage may like, vary your mileage may vary because like hey you know what this might be really there's exciting there's stuff on for here
1: that people. people will like there's, oh, I, sure. there's people like, that are praising this that, that but love you,
0: it but you have to dig there you have to dive into the deep mm-hmm. end to get to it and I don't think everybody is going to be willing to do it right and even then it's the singles and
1: not the full album yeah
0: so there you go now at long last we can talk about good albums <laughs> I have been so excited to talk about these two records that I could barely hold, hold, hold myself together this week. I have tried to do the hard sell on one of these, especially to a lot of people this week, because I think it's that good. It might be, in fact, I can say pretty confidently, it is my new favorite record of the year. Okay. Which one is thinking, it,
1: though? Yes. i say that it's Churches. No. Surprise! It's Ooh. the other one. It's the other one. So, do you want to talk about Churches or the other one?
0: Let's I I I need to talk about Halsey. We need to talk about Halsey. Okay. Did you listen to this? Yes, I did. How'd you feel?
1: Uh I got to the same problem every like I listened to the album three times. And I got to the same out the same problem. After Lilith, which I think is the fifth track on there. Around there. Around fourth or fifth. fifth It's pretty early actually in in there. After Lilith, it gets too poppy for me, (laughs) especially from the beginning. I love the beginning.
0: That is not the take that I thought
1: you were going to have. Wow. Okay. I love the beginning. I love where it opened. It's great storytelling. I love the first like four or five tracks on this thing. And like I said, I listened to this thing three times. And same point, right after Lilith, it kind of got too poppy for me.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay.
1: Not in a bad way in a, oh, I thought we were going somewhere else with this.
0: It's funny because that exact kind of thought process is why I really enjoyed this thing, is because you don't know where it's going. So roll back the tape a little. Remember the conversation we had about Olivia Rodrigo's Sour. One of the most exciting things about Sour for me was that well, even Rodrigo, even though this is her debut album, was basically taking some risks. She was willing to be like, hey, if I want to write a pop punk song and a piano ballad and, you know, whatever else you want on the same record and still pull it off, I'm going to do it and I can do it because no one's really telling me I can't.
1: She wasn't pigeonholing herself on her debut record.
0: We are entering an era in in where these mainstream pop acts are feeling more brave to just do whatever the hell they want. Do a complete genre pivot out of nowhere. I mean, we saw Taylor Swift have success with this last year. We're seeing it everywhere. And so what Halsey does, I'm going to note real quick. Halsey, according to uh, their Twitter account, goes by either she, her pronouns or they, them pronouns. I just want to address that. It seems like officially a lot of the reviews that I've read recently have been referring to them as they and them. So them. I'm going to choose in this recording also to refer to Halsey as they, them. Just est- establishing that it seems like that maybe the preference that maybe they or their team has been out there saying. So that's what I'm going to choose to go, go with right now.
1: Right. I think, uh, what's her name? Also went with they, them.
0: Well, you, well, then you already, uh, messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking of Demi Lovato, yes. Demi Lovato yeah, also recently thinking. has chosen to go by, yeah. uh, they, them pronouns. Anyways, so Halsey. So yeah, so Halsey also has taken this opportunity to be like, hey, what kind of music do I want to make? Do I want to make like pop music that I've made in the past? Like media vote favorite Manic from last year or two years ago, whenever that was, mm-hmm. um, they decided, hey, like, why not change up a little bit and work with some of my musician heroes, Trick Reznor and Atticus Ross, and just throw everybody a curveball. Make pop music, but make pop music that's been crafted by people who made industrial music and are famous for a very specific kind of sound. And the result is this weird amalgamation of so many different things. Like, this album jumps from piano ballad in the intro to pop rock to R&B to industrial to it just goes hit so many different things by the time that you're done with it you're just like wow I feel like I just went on a roller coaster (laughs) roller coaster of feelings of vibes of and I think it all works I think it all works really really well they're all pop songs underneath. I think there are takes different takes of these record of this record that you can see. Like, okay, I can see what they're doing. Like, it, this could be a much straight, much more straightforward kind of thing. But the fact that she it, that they are either one, uh, they are like try, like trying to do things and experimenting different with different things here. I think makes it a much more interesting record than it would have been if that they hadn't experimented in that direction. Um, according to interviews, it's the thing that they've always wanted to make, which is kind of in, that kind of exciting in a way, because it's like finally giving somebody the tools and connections that they needed to make the music that's always been kind of circling around in their head. And that's really exciting. It's a really exciting moment to be in. Um, I really enjoy this thing. I think that, like I said, I think it's probably my favorite thing I've heard all year, which I did not anticipate saying. Uh, when this thing got announced, but um, I just think it's so advent—it's just so adventurous and so it- willing to take risks. Side note: I think that we may see this album not only on the album chart, although because Kanye did a Kanye, it may not be your number one as previously predicted. I think we're also going to see this in the Hot 100 as well, <laughs> because I think there's an there's a song on here that could be a huge hit, and you didn't get to it because it's at the end of the record.
1: <laughs> well, it's at the end. You expect me to stick around till the end. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I, know, but, uh, I mean, I did like Halsey's last album. I'm not saying this is a bad album. I'm just saying that it's like you said, it changes, which can be good or a bad thing. To me, it fell the wrong side. To you, it didn't.
0: I th- Yeah, I think that the fact that it is so, such a variety of tones and a variety of sounds that is just, it's so interesting to me. It's just like this fascinating piece of what somebody can do when they're given complete freedom. So I pulled up, I, uh, so yeah, I think that I'm not a woman, I'm a god, which is probably the most nine-inch nails. You were say. Yeah, it's probably the most nine-inch nails influenced song on the record. It's literally got a part that sounds like it became closer. Um, <laughs> like, it's so good and so catchy that I think this is your radio signal single. I think that this has a chance of being very successful, which is not something you think of with such a big curveball of a record. When I mean it's very telling that music streaming services are referring to this as an alternative record and not a pop record right it's so interesting that i think that we live in and i think again speaking of olivia rodrigo i think the fact that we can say that good for you which is ostensibly a blink 182 song or a paramore song is still in the top five after all these weeks i think that we live in a universe where now this song could be your number a number one hit and could be very successful
1: I it's, it was it's easier than lying, but yeah, sure. Let's go. Through, uh, I'm I'm not a woman. I'm a god. But that's the thing, right? Is that there's
0: so there's so many good songs here that try different things. I don't know. I don't know. I like this whole thing. I think it's amazing production. I think great songwriting. I think Halsey's coming into their own. I think this is a statement that they're making here. I think that this moves the needle. This is like a golden hour. Casey Musgraves move to me. This is the move where. Don't pigeonhole me in this genre. I'm whatever I want to be and I think this is this might be a Grammy favorite too. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my Grammy hat in the ring here and say that I think the Grammy race as it stands right now might be Halsey Olivia um, Casey when that thing comes out. Uh, Ed Sheeran, and Sheeran probably, and maybe Kendrick. That thing comes out by the end of the year. Ah, uh, I think it's that strong of a record. I
1: think this thing's amazing. I think it's really good. So it sounds like you're more on on board, in love with this album than I am.
0: <laughs> I think you should give. I think you should listen to the. Old, if you listen to the entirety of Donda, listen to the entirety of this thing because it ends strong.
1: I'll go um, back to it. Like I said, I listened to it three times.
0: <laughs> just do it. Just push
1: through push through like, isn't that enough for, for you i listened three times
0: because you said you topped out around like track four you're missing some really great stuff she goes well, well she, like,
1: like i said everything past track four all kind of starts to sound very differently than what was at the beginning <laughs>
0: well like for for instance like girl is a gun is a grime song out of nowhere she just wrote a grime song then you ask for this is this interesting like shoegaze influenced bedroom pop kind of thing, and then after that, darling is the kind of the acoustic ballad, and then after that she gets dark again, and then after that it's all of a sudden this like really sweet like rock influenced like love song, and
1: then there's yeah, this you really hear that like roller coaster tonal <laughs> whiplash you're describing. Yes.
0: But that's why it works, in my opinion, is is you you ride the roller coaster because it's not just one giant loop, right? The loop is followed by other kinds of things because you can't just have one sugar rush the entire time. Variety is important. Anyway, I think it's very good. (laughs) That's all I have to say.
1: No, now tell me how you really feel.
0: All right, well... Let's talk about the other record that we listened to. So did you listen to this as
1: well? I'm assuming you did. No, because uh, Donda kind of took up all that time.
0: Oh, man. Because I gave you homework. Yes. And you and failed to do it. Out. Oh, you failed to do your homework.
1: Like I said, if I didn't spend those three like, chunks trying to listen to Donda. All right.
0: Well, in that case, I can't talk as, uh, we won't talk as much as I wanted to about this thing. I was hoping to have a discussion about it. We may talk about it in two weeks. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll have plenty of time. You'll have plenty of time none. I guess what I will say then is that, hey, I got good news for people who liked churches. Churches is back. And this record is, I want to say, pretty good and almost as good as their first two. Um, and I say almost here to hedge a little bit. The third record, uh, which came out two years ago, is controversial in that it took them in a maybe too poppy direction for a lot of people. I thought it was fine. I just didn't like it as much as their first two records. I guess I should say, if you're not familiar with churches, they write pop songs that are inflected with EDM style production value. So a lot of synth, a lot of, a lot of really cool production tricks. And, but it's very much there, but they're very at its core a pop band. Um, and they don't shy away from that at all um this record is interesting because they take a little bit of not so much of a turn that the third record did but a little bit of a a branch and try to like incorporate a little bit more like a little bit more of a guitar sound in it and also have a little bit of a concept theming thing going on as the name screen violence insinuates it is kind of themed like a horror movie it's like uses a lot of like references and kind of vibe of like horror franchises. And it's a really interesting kind of take. And it's using, and it's basically the lyrics are, are about, be, like, about like emotional reactions to things, whether it's being scared or whether it's being stressed out or, or even singer Lauren Mul- Mulberry really talking about her reaction to her critics. So there's songs about the experience of being a woman in in, like in the music industry there's songs about like being like criticized for what she wears criticized for how she looks it's a really introspective record at the same time as being this like return to this big broad sound that they had on their first two records. Um, I think a lot of people will point out that some of the uh, some of the acoustic things that uh, some of the, the the sounds like the new sounds they experiment here don't always work. Some of the hooks take a little bit to grow to really get. I think on one of the singles, California, it was a song that didn't re- that t- t- totally missed for me the first time I listened to it, but then grew on me the le- next couple listens to it. Now I now I think it's a really interesting hook, but at the first time didn't immediately grab me. I think that may be what a lot of people's reaction to this thing is the first round is that, and not as strong as the uh, first couple of records, but I think give it some time, it's a grower. I think the opening track here, if you listen to anything, listen to that, asking for a friend, it is a reminder that when Churches is working on all cylinders, they can be incredible. So yeah, I had a really good time with it. I think it's definitely one of my favorite uh, uh, one of my favorites, uh, things that they've they've some of these songs are definitely some of my favorites that they've ever written. So, hey, that means it's a pretty good, pretty good time. And I recommend it, it's a good entry entry into the church's uh discography too, if you're just coming in. So, yeah, pretty okay.
1: good. Sounds good. Like I said, I'll have like a whole 10 days, yeah, to probably listen to it.
0: Hmm.
1: Exciting. Uh, did you listen to anything else?
0: Uh, just uh, not really important stuff. Just a couple of really quick hits. Uh, I listened to the Big Red Machine record. Uh, we talked about that briefly last week. It's the Aaron Dester, Bonnie Vare uh, band. Um, it's uh, If you like how a lot of the production on Folklore and Evermore sounded, if you like Aaron Dester's work with The National, you might like this. Uh, it's a little long and it's a little kind of, I guess, toned down to the fact that some people might find it a little boring. I enjoyed my time with it, but it's not an absolute you must listen to this kind of thing. And I also listened to Glow On by Turnstile. Turnstile is a hardcore band. Uh, this is their most accessible thing. If you don't like hardcore, I think there's enough interesting music here to maybe uh, give it a try and maybe enjoy what's happening here. Um, but people in the scene, in the hardcore scene, are praising this thing like it's the second coming. This mm-hmm. is apparently, it's being called like a classic in that in that hardcore punk kind of this wave of hardcore punk. So if you like that kind of thing, hey, you might love it. I just thought it was interesting, but I don't know if I'm going to return to it. So
1: okay, so there you go. Uh, I did listen to the first two singles released by Casey Musgraves. I did too. Starcrossed and Justified. Yes. I'm ready to get my heart broken.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm a little worried about the production, especially on Justified. I didn't like, it sounded kind of muddy to me, but maybe in the context of the album, it'll work better. Uh, so I'm very excited to listen to that full thing when that comes out.
1: Yep, and that will be releasing, not this Friday, but the next Friday. Right. On the 10th. It will cool be ends. Yeah, the 10th. All right. With All right. that done let's move on over to our last segment here video games let's we'll try and get to the end we have lots of new releases this week including wait on... wait!
0: i just realized i didn't do it this is these are last weeks it's last week i skipped say, that step we already did note more heroes let me pull it up real quick to see if there's anything important i will just yeah, take I'll a say, second
1: like, here new releases we just yeah, I
0: didn't. I didn't do it. Uh, let's see. We have. Uh, let's see. This is from the first to the eighth. Uh, Lake, uh, which is coming out for Xbox Series X and Xbox One as well as PC. That is this um, narrative-driven game where you're basically somebody returning to their hometown. Seems actually kind of cool. I might check that out. WRC Ten racing game. That's on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PC, and Switch. We have Kitaria Fables on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, P- Switch, and PC. If you have it, you can play it. The Medium is getting a P- its PS5 release this week as well. That was previously an Xbox Series S slash X exclusive. Golf Club Colin Wasteland on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Family Trainer on Switch, Big Rumble Boxing, colon, Creed Champions. I'm guessing this is related to the Creed films. Yes. That's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We scroll down to the next week. Bus Simulator 21, which is probably what it says it is. PS4, Xbox One, PC. Fist, F-I-S-T, Forged in Shadow Torch for PS4 and PS5. Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is the remake of Sonic Colors, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC for that one.
1: And those are your new releases. All right. with those out of the way, let's talk about a strange life we have. Yes. Or rather, a life is strange.
0: This is technically a television story, but it's in video games because it's based on a video
1: game. Well, it's based off of Annapurna's Life is Strange.
0: Uh, That's not Annapurna.
1: It is Annapurna. No, it's not. They but do not they publish that game. Thought they did. Was
0: it was a squ- It's a Square Enix joint, if you can believe it. Well, I
1: thought it was from Annapurna. No, the Life is
0: Strange that. games have always been published by uh, by uh, Square right, Enix, Enix,
1: developed by Don't Nod. That's probably what Don't Nod. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Life is Strange. The TV series is in the Yes. World but the project is back in the news cycle as pop star Shawn Mendez is overseeing (laughs) the show's music. But now, Anonymous Content, one of the production companies behind Netflix's 13 Reasons Why, has joined the production. A Hollywood Reporter says that Mendez, along with Andrew Gertler, will oversee the music as part of permanent content, while Joy Gorman, Weddles and Zach Hayden will act as executive producers for anonymous content. Weddles was also an executive producer on 13 Reasons Why, which was an adaptation of the book of the same name. So
0: there's a couple things here. One, hey, Life is Strange TV show based on the first two games. That seems potentially interesting. Um, it does seem like it, there's a lot of material there to be dug up for a, for a show. Teen centered show. Also, it's interesting that it's a, that they got people who made a successful teen show on Netflix um, to help the production here. Now, of course, successful and uh, questionably, maybe potentially problematic. Yes, uh, 13 Reasons Why does have its issues, but hey, uh, maybe. And then getting Sean Mendez in to do the music stuff. I mean, that is a person who I think that a certain generation of teenagers does respect and so it does make sense
1: yep i mean life is strange is a very multiverse series right um uh, life is strange true colors the new one the new one comes out next week yep so just around the corner
0: so uh, yeah, interesting choices here. Uh, this will specifically be based on the first and before the storm era, so just those characters,
1: your Max and Chloe story. So right. the ones everyone should be familiar with. Anyway, anyways, our second story, which is also more of a TV story and probably a story, well, also incorporates video games.
0: It's this one specifically about the video games that will be shown.
1: Yeah,
0: but so, it's media boat favorite. DC Fandom. Oh, you didn't say it like you used to. What do
1: you mean? The Fandom. Dome, Dome, Dome. Dom, yeah, there dom. you go. We did it. Yeah, the C- DC Fandom is back, the digital convention for DC fans to interface with different media permutations of DC comics. Well, new trailers were revealed uh, for two new DC titles from Warner Brothers games. Uh, War Brother Montreal's Gotham Knights and Rocksteady's Suicide Squad colon Kill the Justice League. That was more or less the last time we got major updates on those two games though as the former was delayed to 2022 and Suicide Squad was later positioned uh, as years off from the get-go. But it looks like we'll finally be seeing more of both games soon when Fandom, Dome Dome, <laughs> takes place on October 16th. Both games got separate tweets teasing and more or less confirming their fandom appearance on their respective Twitter accounts. We can finally get mm-hmm. more information on what this is. Yeah. Gotham Nights, we know, is the multiplayer game based off of um, the. Batman Arkham Knight series, except you don't play as Batman; you play as the other <laughs> winged, caped crusaders. And Suicide Squad coming off of the Suicide Squad, where you get to kill the Justice League. Yeah, kind of got more people excited about the game than it probably deserved.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I-, I think it's an interesting time to see more of the just uh, the Suicide Squad game because that movie actually got pretty good like buzz around it. People liked it. And so I think this is a perfect time to show off a game in that universe because people are right now feeling better about that
1: franchise than they did after the last movie. I mean, it did. We did mention that it made $155 million worldwide. Yeah. Not including streaming numbers. So, yeah. yeah. Good it's time, good time it to come out. All right. So I, I played a lot of games. You did. But I'm not going to talk about all of them.
0: How about let's just focus on these first. What I've done is I separated them. Let's talk about these first three because they came out in the year 2021. And we'll shelve the discussion until next week about the older games.
1: Yeah. So uh, because I have PS Plus, I was able to quote unquote purchase <laughs> these games until I actually got a PS Plus to act or PS5 to actually play these games.
0: It looks like <laughs> I got a PS5. See.
1: Looks like it. So I was able to play these games. <laughs> um I was only played able to play a little bit of two of them, Bug Snacks and Oddworld. Okay. I don't have full reviews on or full thoughts on those yet. But they're both very creative in very different ways, especially their gameplay. Um Oddworld okay. being the 2.5D. Very interesting. Um, and kind of like the lemmings approach where everyone's kind of follow you. Mm-hmm. More of a puzzle than I thought I was gonna be, and a little bit more of a challenge than I thought it was gonna be. i only through yeah. like the first like three levels in it though. But it's kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> um now I've you were no a PlayStation
0: like... child, so you have no history with the odd world? No
1: history of Oddworld. Okay. All right. Uh this was Oddworld Solstrom. Oh, so Soulstorm.
0: Soulstorm, yes.
1: Yeah. So I haven't played an odd roll game before this. It's mm-hmm. my first introduction into this type of world. Yeah. It's a pretty good, albeit a bit weird introduction. <laughs> but at least I'm having a fun time with it. Yeah. And then there's bug snacks.
0: Ooh, we're talking about bug snacks?
1: Talking about bug snacks. Talking about Which bug snacks. Fun game. <laughs> and also a bit weird. In for like a completely different reason, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I also kind of enjoy it. It's weird, it's funky, it's different, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it has a very Pokemon esque vibe to it where I want to capture everything, sure, but also in like a very unique setting where everyone's like a Wallace and Gromit Otter (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) How else to describe it?
0: Did you catch a bunger yet? Yes, bunger, bunger, bunger.
1: Yes. About, I
0: love how everybody, everyone ever, all say their own name names. And they all
1: come out of the controller. And I think that's yeah. hilarious. It's great. And I love that they do it. It's great. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it's great. It's fun. Um, like I said, I've just gotten to the open world aspect of Bugsnax. Sure. But so very limited into it. But it's a lot of fun. It's super cute.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll have to report back when you
1: played more. And lastly, the game I actually want to talk about because I beat it, but at the same time, it beat me. (laughs) Yeah. The PS Plus game Marquette. Okay. I highly recommend you do not play this game. (laughs) Check. Got it. (laughs) This game gave me anxiety. (laughs) Like the worst way possible.
0: Yeah,
1: The ability to both, to like Grow and shrink yourself in this puzzle kind of simulator gave me super anxiety. Like, the whole world is huge and I'm tiny and I'm like (laughs) kind of helpless in it. Yeah. But then also, like, the story itself of a breakup of like a love and a breakup and never getting that closure weirdly hit me. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't know what to do. Uh, I like had to like stop playing the game and immediately watch Ted Lasso to just get some fun in my life. <laughs> Which Ted Lasso, by the way, still hilarious. Keep watching. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, after uh, I finished after I finished Ava rebuild three or four, I ended up watching uh, with Christy. I watched Hot Rod, the yeah. movie Hot Rod, as a palate cleanser. I had never seen it before, and it was on Netflix. And I was like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> yeah, it's
1: cool beans. Yeah, cool beans. still beans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. But yeah, um, if you're playing Marquette, definitely get yourself some palate cleansers. <laughs> Try not to play this game alone, or, or at least it may hit you stronger than it hit me. Um I really liked it. Even though it's it did hit me harder than I thought it was going to. Yeah. For some reason. Like I can't explain why, but like the Kind of like anxiety and dread you get when you like you shrink and everyone's everything around you is super big, but also you have to like constantly go in and out of being big and small to figure out the puzzles in the world. Oh, and also like if you want to do it for the like all the trophies, there's a time challenge for it too. <laughs> Just to throw a couple extra difficulty into it. But yeah. The story itself is very it hits hard even though it's only two people. One of those people is Bryce Dallas Howard, by the way. Oh, okay. Doing a voice acting Acting, Sure. There. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because why Why not? Um, but yeah, if you take the time with Marquette, it can be both frustrating and exhilarating and stressful all at the same time. So take that with what you will. So your mileage <laughs> may vary. Your mileage will definitely vary. Like I said, I enjoyed the puzzles and the storytelling. -hmm. It's definitely not a game that I'm like planning to go back into. Like, I mainly started because I thought it was gonna be more like uh, the following, The Witness, because it's like, (laughs) oh, puzzle game. Yes. I was like, oh, cool. I watched the trailer. Ooh, puzzles, nice. Not enough puzzles to keep me like, like, entertained like The Witness, but enough puzzles to make me challenge like your thinking of how. How to accomplish things, yeah. But overall, really, really good game. Cool. I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah. And like I said, um, we'll talk more about everything else at another point in time. I'll right. Dig, I'll dig more into the PS collection.
0: Yeah. I guess I'm glad I did not play 12 Minutes or Second odds too, because we would not have the time to cover them. So. Yeah. So with that.
1: So with that, we'll wrap this episode yes. up, and we will actually have a kind of eh, deviation the next two weeks.
0: Yeah, but we'll get there when we get there. For now, let's wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Media Book Podcast. We'll be back next week, like we said, for a little bit of a different kind of thing, but we will be back. In the meantime, you can look at our video archive on youtube.com just search media Boat podcast you can listen to the audio version of our, our podcast by searching any podcast service like apple music google play amazon spotify you name it you can also find us on media Boat podcast.com you can find us in social media We're at media Boat Cast on twitter media boat podcast search that on facebook and find our page there you can find us streaming video games every once in a while on twitch.tv slash media boat and you can email us questions comments or anything about the show that you're curious about at media at gmail.com thank you that'll do it we'll see you guys next week for a special tropical edition of the media boat podcast
1: yep we'll be back with more news next week and in the meantime i've got a plane to catch All All right, right. go do it. (laughs) Bye-bye.